Hey, welcome to Voices in Japan with Ben and Burke. As the year 2021 winds down, nominations have been released in Japan for newly coined expressions and trendy slang words from various sources. We review some of the top nominations, and while we recognize some of the words related to popular TV shows and social issues, we were actually seeing a lot of these for the very first time, such as slang words related to Olympic skateboarding events, trendy songs and games for young people, and of course, the novel coronavirus. Enjoy the show! Yeah, before we,、uh, before we start, I、um, just wanted to say I had kushidori for dinner tonight, and I was quite disappointed to find out when,、uh, when I opened the box that the cheese skune is no longer inside the meat. They've put it, they've got lazy and they've put it on, to, on the outside now, like all the other yakitori restaurants. Um, and that was one of the things that I thought was special about Kushidori and、uh, had a, a, you know, quite a special place in my heart because of that. And they've just ruined it. I feel like I've been betrayed. <laughs> I have a couple of questions.、Uh, first of all, did you like order for delivery or something? Yeah, we did a, we did a takeout. Yeah, we've been, we've been doing that for the last kind of few months.、Um, now the pandemic's over, we want to go eating again, but. Uh, it's like kind of Sunday, and it was, it's just too busy to, to go to Kushidori on, on Sunday nights. Yeah. So, we,、uh, yeah, so if we do get some food on a, on a Sunday evening, we try to get like takeout. Yeah, it's always nice on a Sunday evening to not have to go out and stuff, but still be able to eat good food at home. But yeah, I was confused a little bit because you said when you open the box.、Um, but the second thing is、um, cheese on the outside. I didn't even know anywhere did that. I think everywhere does that. Oh, really? I, I, probably,、yeah. I probably just never ordered cheese skune at anywhere except Kushidori. So,、um, ah, they, so what, you're not really a fan of,、uh, of cheese skune? I am, but, like,、uh, but again, usually just at Kushidori. If I'm eating at like, some other yakitori place or something, I'm probably trying to have something new at that place or something. You know,、mm, diversify. Yeah, I'll get you. Yeah. yeah. So when they、uh, put it on the outside, was it just like a slice of cheese on the top or something? That, that's what it looks like. Yeah. And it's only half kind of covered. So it looks like they're just, I don't know, they've been really lazy now and they've stopped. I'm assuming that to get the cheese inside the meat requires a bit more effort. But,、uh, but I also noticed that they are, they are slipping these days. Like the portions of the, The sticks are getting smaller too.、Mm. So, you, you know, the, the, gin, the gin nuts, you, you usually get those on your boat? No, last time we went out, I remember、uh, you ordered those and we had a conversation about it. But <laughs> I, I usually do not. Yeah, but you do, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we always get those. And now I'm pretty sure they used to have five nuts and now they've only got four. So, <laughs> they're going down. And, and the size of the.、Um, The Piman Skunet, was it also called a P? I can't remember the name. It's like the, the pepper with the meat in it. Yeah, I think it's, it's、like、a Nikuzume or something. Yeah. yeah. So that, the Piman has got about a third smaller as well.、Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think the, the times 
are definitely showing in uh, in Kushidori. You just uh, noticed these from this time, or has it kind of been gradual? You think? Or? It's been gradual, but I think that the final straw was the the cheese schooner because yeah, all the time they always always had it inside, and that was like one of my favorite sticks at Kushidori. Um, obviously, the Tewasaki is my number one, as I mentioned before in a previous episode. That hasn't changed. I guess you can't really shrink a, a, a chicken wing. So yeah, that that's one of the ones that remained the same, luckily. Yeah, well, but, uh, yeah. So Kushidori, get your act together. Yeah, well, I'm especially upset about the Nikazume. That's one of my top three. I think I've said before too. And to hear that they're going skimpy on the uh, green peppers, maybe they're, uh, yeah, buying from somewhere that's supplying them smaller at a lower price. Obviously, but sign of the times for sure. But there is rumors that uh, Go To Travel is coming back. Did you hear about I that? I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, isn't it like back already? Apparently, uh, I don't think it's back yet. I think I think they're in discussions about how to do it. I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe by the time this gets released, it'll be it'll be out. But obviously, like a few different things are changing for restrictions in the country. Like business travelers are now only required to quarantine for like three days upon returning to Japan and stuff. Um, still not talking, still nothing clear about when they're going to let, uh, just regular overseas travelers come into the country with reduced quarantine time. Still think that's like 10 or 14 days or something, but, uh, go to travel. Yeah. They're talking about bringing that back, but, um, the benefits will be slightly, uh, less than the previous time. I can't remember exactly the details, but like before it was something like up to 35% or certain amount of, like uh accommodation costs would be covered uh the previous time they had go to travel uh but this time it's down to like 30 or 25% only and then like mm-hmm. the uh shopping vouchers that you can get have been redu- reduced a little bit the amount of those as well um but i i think they were just talking about when they were going to introduce it i don't think it's actually been introduced yet but i could be wrong so they they're talking about it and nothing's been official but it should be coming soon hopefully by the end of this year. Yeah, I hope, I hope it comes back. I'm, I'm ready to go to some expensive onsens again on the cheap. So, Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I took full advantage of it last time. We had a lot of fun um, staying at just like local hotels downtown as well. And it kind of, you know, making a night out of it, even though uh, we didn't go too far out of town, like to, to the onsens that we normally go to. But uh, yeah, it's always nice to, to stay somewhere that's not your own place. Feels a bit more like an adventure. Or a, or a, another another honeymoon or something. If you go have the misses. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the uh, obviously we're all paying for it somehow. Uh, you know, yeah. money's got to come from <laughs> With somewhere. our lives. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, exactly that too. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I mean we really took advantage of it, enjoyed it. I'm sure there's you know people who feel a different way about it too, and and uh, for a good reason. But yeah, I'm, I hope they do bring that back soon. I'll definitely will definitely be taking advantage of it a lot. What uh? What are we talking about today? You uh? You found a pretty cool article in uh, Times. Was it Times? Time Out. Time Out Tokyo. Yeah. Well, there's a couple. Uh, I mean, you know, year is winding down. I guess we're middle of November right about now, and uh, so yeah, this was about buzzwords, or I guess the nomination uh, for buzzwords in Japan for 2021. 
uh, interesting article in Time Out Tokyo, and there was also another one I found uh, somewhere else, uh, Japan Today, perhaps. But yeah, just the nominations for most popular buzzwords in Japan in 2021. And um, I think this article in Time Out Tokyo uh, just kind of went through the ones that they thought were kind of interesting from the list, but the other article I found was kind of showing the top 10 and everything. And uh, yeah, this every year, I guess, they kind of have these types of uh, whatever the new word is or else the important buzzwords for the year to reflect what happened. And I kind of noticed in this other article they had uh, Olympic-related words. So some of these uh, words that they had here in the top 10 were related to things that happened along with the Olympics. Uh, did you notice any of those Olympics related or no? I can't remember. If- yeah, well, there was that one on the the Time Out article, uh, and and the buzzword was pictogram, I guess, <laughs> right? Pictogram. <laughs> um, but I and that was related to the uh, the opening ceremony, which I didn't actually watch. Did you watch the opening ceremony? Yeah, we were uh, in an Airbnb that weekend. And uh, I have probably never, I had probably never seen an Olympics opening ceremony until that uh, time. There was nothing else to do but watch the small <laughs> TV that was in that Airbnb that night. So uh, we did watch it, and I did see. Oh, actually, but I didn't see the pictograms because I think I fell asleep before they came up. <laughs> but these were a huge thing, yeah. Right. This is this is I like. I didn't even know this actually happened until I read this article um, about the pictograms, and it was apparently the the best thing about. The whole ceremony um and it was what three guys uh wearing blue and white full body kind of skin tight outfits almost like um from that tv show squid game like how everyone's all covered so you can't see any like skin you can't see their faces um and these guys yeah three of them they're wearing blue and white and then in five minutes they reenact all of the 50 events in the olympics um all the pictograms so it's very fast paced uh it's quite funny uh yeah and then and they're just rushing around trying to trying to get all these uh all the different pictograms shown uh and there's a yeah there's a really cool video on youtube of that which i actually watched today before um and yeah i'm kind of disappointed that i missed actually but um but that was definitely an entertaining part of the the opening ceremony considering i heard it was actually really boring Apart from that. Yeah, I think it was... Well, I mean, you fell asleep, so it must have been... <laughs> yeah. Well, especially the first half. I think the uh, word was that the second half of the opening... I mean, it was like three three hours long or something, three and a half hours long. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the drones were also kind of a highlight of the opening ceremony, I guess. But that was also in the mm-hmm. second half. But um, yeah, the thing about the pictogram or pictograms is like, you know, it didn't require quite a bit of investment necessarily money-wise, um, obviously a lot of practice uh, between the people who did the pictograms, but despite it probably not requiring a lot of funding, uh, yeah, left a lasting impression. There was one part where they kind of slightly messed up a little bit. Didn't they drop something or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like the third the third one. He was like trying to do a – I think he was switching from badminton to tennis, and that he was holding like the tennis racket prop or went to went – to, uh, take it from the from the guy who's like his prop person who was dressed all in white and i think he actually accidentally dropped one of them um, and the commentator like kind of mentioned at the time oh he's dropped it he's dropped it but uh but he kind of yeah gabbed himself pretty well after that must have been the early nerves because they were 
yeah, they had to do like 50 of those. And I think that was like number three or number four. Um, but after that, it was like smooth sailing. There was no, uh, no cock-ups after that. Yeah, it's uh, quite a bit of pressure to get all those Olympic uh, sport images in such a short time. There was a couple on this other list or in this other article, Olympics-related. Obviously, uh, skateboarding was a big uh, topic from the Olympics. Uh, you know, actually, an article they're talking about they're building a lot more skate parks in Japan as a result of the boom and in interest in skateboarding that came from the Olympics. But one of these other new buzzwords was uh, gonzome. Gonzome. Gon uh, kind of comes from the sound of like banging something, uh, such as your skateboard. Usually they say gangan. Uh, and the other one is, uh, zome or zeme is from semeru, which means to attack. Gon, gon zome. So that's the, that's the buzzword from skateboarding. Yeah. It kind of, again, means, uh, the banging sound and then the word for attack. So this, uh, refers to when a skater unleashes a particularly cool move. Uh, he on a rail he, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's the word gon zeme. So if you ever hear that, uh -huh. and also uh, another word that he came up with was pita pita, which is a uh, play on the Japanese word pitari, which expresses the feeling of when a skater ex executes a trick with perfect precision. So some of these words are uh, definitely not probably going to be used in my generation too much, even though I have a lot uh -huh. of skateboard friends, but all the youngins out there are probably using these new words. And so you might hear it uh, walking down the street or in some of the schools if you're in teaching in schools. There was a couple other Olympic words like epigene. Uh, apparently, you're supposed to hold the second half. Gene, epigene, epe is uh, the epe is the largest and heaviest of fencing weapons, while gene refers to a feeling that pierces the heart. Not a bad tie to fencing. So basically, when you say epigene, uh, this is slang that mean that is used anytime you're trying to imbue others with your enthusiasm for something. Epigene. So you might start hearing that from coworkers and stuff if you have any uh, young, crazed coworkers, especially in the fencing. How how would you pronounce that in like a how would the Japanese say it? Because I'm sure they wouldn't say epigene. Uh, it seems like quite a tough word to to say for them. Well, epe epigenu. I think it's epigenu. <laughs> uh, well, it's gene, just like a person gin, but you're supposed to hold the e, so epigene. I don't know. Epigene. I don't know. I, I obviously have this. Is, although these are all buzzwords, uh, some of them I've heard about, we'll get to later, but a lot of these, yeah, I haven't heard yet. So maybe, and some of these are slang. So maybe the youngins in the high school and stuff or college students yeah, and stuff. Yeah. We, we might not know enough, uh, young enough people. Or I hope I hope we don't anyway know enough young people to to know those words. Yeah, unless you're Otherwise. working in the in the schools or something. Right, right. Yeah, among among uh, high school kids. But there was one um, on that timeout list that caught my eye, and um, the 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 meaning they have is uh, "shut the fuck up," which is <laughs> "usiwa usiwa." I don't even know I think how to it's pronounce usewa. it. Set, right yeah. so yeah so it means uh yeah shut the fuck up and because there's not too many swear words it became quite popular in uh when was it in 2020 a teenage singer called ado um yeah she racked up a uh an anime style music video on youtube that hit like 
200 million views or something. So that made、uh, the Billboard Japan Hot 100 and other music charts in the country. Actually, it was number one on that top 100. And that's、uh, so that would be popular among teenagers, I guess. But when I, I heard this word, I thought I'd try it out. So I was, you know, on the sofa next to my wife. And,、uh, and I, just, I just turned to her and I said, Usiwa! <laughs> and, she, and she just like, what? What, what, what? what do you mean? And I was like, Usiwa! <laughs> she was like, don't you mean Usewa? <laughs> and I guess, yeah, I was, I was saying it wrong. And,、uh, and, I, was, and I said, oh, so does that, does that mean like shut the fuck up? And she was like, yeah, kind of, but no one really uses it anymore. Um, she says it's quite old and 2020 doesn't really sound that old. But, you know, she's our age. So I'm guessing she doesn't have many friends that probably use it either. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, I mean, it says it's a slurred form of Urusaiwa. I mean, you do hear people sometimes saying like Urusei and stuff, especially, you know,、uh, mm. guys are joking around and stuff.、Uh, so, yeah, just shortened that even more to Usewa. You say one, right?、Uh, so、yeah. Just meaning you're annoying, basically. Yeah. I think, again, this、yeah. is a bit of a generation gap for us here.、Uh, we probably won't be hearing this.、Uh, not too many people will be using it, except for perhaps Ben on his、uh, couch just <laughs> yelling random words at his. Why did you,、uh, was there a situation that you needed to tell her to shut the, shut the F up there or something? No, or? no, no. I, I just literally, I think I was reading this article on my phone and I just, yeah, I just thought I'm going to, you know, try, try it out and, and see if, uh, if, uh, if she understands it. But I said it completely <laughs> wrong. So anyway. So she just got in her、uh, face and said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But she didn't seem offended or angry at all. So, Uh, she probably, yeah, didn't understand what I was saying whatsoever. So it kind of backfired. Didn't have the effects that I was expecting. I was, I, I was hoping she'd get like really angry and, you know, then I'd be like, oh, okay, that, that, that word is useful. Cause,、uh, yeah, regular Japanese people do use it and understand it. But,、uh, in my experience so far, that is not true. So maybe, yeah, younger, the younguns might, might know it better. She just thought you were having another one of your episodes or something. <laughs> well, I always like kind of, you know, practice Japanese on her sometimes.、Um, and I usually get the, the Japanese wrong, always the pronunciation or the word order. Or I always get like maybe the, the first letter wrong of the word. So, you know, instead of saying like,、uh, nomimas, I would say like, yomimas instead. <laughs> but,、uh, but because of the context, you'll understand what I'm trying to say and then just, but just, yeah, start making fun of me. So sometimes, how, so, how bad I am at Japanese. So sometimes she's like, are you practicing your Japanese or did you just forget your medicine again? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.、Uh, there was another word there,、uh, kind of among the young kids again, similar to that Usewa that was, Oh, by the way, cause that list on the timeout Tokyo didn't, again, didn't have them in order, but this,、uh, other article was putting, showing the top 10 and Usewa was actually number two, uh,、mm. of potential buzzwords for 2020. But number three, right above that was a similar, uh, word or expression, uh, uh, Uma Musume, Uma Musume. And, uh, again, this is something that's kind of based. Horse, horse daughter. Yeah. Uma Musume. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, this thing, uh, or horse girls, uh, it's, uh, kind of a game that's also 
uh, I think it was an anime, a 12 or 13 uh, episode anime as well. But it's a huge game uh, that became very, very popular. And uh, yeah, this is another thing. Uh, these characters have their young girls that have horse ears, tails, and galloping skills. Uma Musume Der- Pretty Derby franchise released a smartphone smartphone game and a second anime season earlier this year, uh, making us all wonder if there will be a tie-in with Kimono Friends in the not so distant future. I don't even know any of this stuff. So, <laughs> so like. This Uma Musume, is this what you would call someone that was into that anime and was a fan of those games? So she would be a Uma Musume. Is that, what, is that how, it, how it would be used? It actually didn't say it that way. So I, maybe just this is just something on buzzword, meaning that it's on everybody's lips uh, because of the trend being very popular and stuff recently. Uh, mm, yeah, so I yeah. don't know if you actually use this one for anybody. An- another uh, buzzword... That was on the the, the timeout one. Uh, I'm not sure where that came in the in the official list, but was um, gender byodo? Was it gender byodo? I don't know. Right, I don't gender. Know how the Japanese would say it. Well, it's spelled yeah. with a G. So if you're thinking it's like a Romaji word or something, yeah, you'd be inclined to say uh, gender byo, uh, gender uh, byodo. But uh, mm. I think it's because it's referring to gender. Then yeah, gender byodo. Do Japanese actually say gender, not gender? I have never heard either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I think if this, you know, probably one of these words that they know that comes from uh, a foreign word, so they might be saying, knowing that it should be said gender, so maybe they are saying gender. I don't know, though. People Mm. could be using the word gender. Yeah, but it means gender equality. And, um, yeah, this, this article is, uh, saying, uh, basically while Japan still has a long way to go in closing its gender gap, it's good to know that the issue is trending and that people are looking to educate themselves further. And, uh, yeah, organizations like FEW Japan are working towards motivating and inspiring women in Japan through various programs and gatherings. And uh, yeah, this one interested me just just by coincidence. I I recently watched um, the movie. I don't know if you've seen it, Burke. Uh, Bombshell. Have you heard about that? It's with Charlize Theron, uh, Margot Robbie, and uh, my my good friend Nikki Kidman. <laughs> uh, I have not seen the movie, uh, but it's based on the the Megyn Kelly sexual harassment. That happened like back in 2016. Ah, I kind of remember that. Fox News and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's really interesting, like that. That how they said the the Fox News um, CEO Roger Ailes. uh, So he sexually harassed a bunch of girls, uh, Megyn Kelly included. Um, But one of the things that he wanted to like really push with uh with fox news anchor women was for them to like wear really short skirts and show their legs all the time so when the when they were showing the camera view of the the anchor women he would always say oh pan out pan out so you can catch their legs um and that would that was his kind of idea of attracting more more viewers um and then after kind of seeing that in the movie i kind of thought actually in japan news they kind of have a similar 
thing as well. Like you always see news desks and you can see their legs. Like it's either, you know, glass panel or something. And the female anchors are always wearing skirts too, usually showing a bit of knee, but they have their legs kind of together and slanted at an angle. So giving that kind of, I don't know, there's a, there's a bit of a, a little, well, it gives me a little tingle sometimes, you know, seeing that. And, uh, and I think maybe the producer of those new shows, uh, maybe he, he got some advice from Roger Owls or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think, you know, obviously the dress codes were probably put in there back in the day for a certain reason and, uh, reason and, uh, mindset. Obviously a lot of that's coming to conflict in <laughs> recent days and stuff. But the thing about those, um, it's, uh, you know, if you're just kind of coming to Japan for the first time and you see people sitting like that at the news desk or elsewhere, uh, especially women in skirts, the first thing you do notice, yeah, is that they all, uh, you know, because they don't cross their legs, right? Because it's kind of considered mm. rude in Japan. So everyone, and but they still have high heels on. So they're kind of like legs are kind of slanted up to their knees, but they have their knees together, obviously, because they're wearing a skirt. Uh, sometimes, mm. you know, hands in their, uh, lap, lap. appropriately. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is kind of something that you definitely notice when you first come to Japan for whatever reason, but it's because, you know, the biggest one being what that it, people aren't sitting cross-legged and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like, um, you know, the Asian version of what was happening at Fox news, but being Japanese in a lot more, in more of a subtle way. And uh, I can definitely feel some some sexual tension when I when I watch the news, or maybe I don't know. Maybe it's because I haven't been out in a long time because of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Just seeing some skin gets me excited. <laughs> so, <laughs> what about you, Burke? How do you feel when you see those women? The pandemic has led you to watching the news for <laughs> satisfaction. Yeah, uh, it's my entertainment now. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, uh, what I will say is, uh, there's this one female, well, there's actually a few female announcers in Japan that I'm a fan of. Um, my wife is very much aware of these, uh, because I, uh, kind of mentioned. Let me guess, let me guess, is one of them, the, um, she's half, half French, maybe has like short kind of bob hair. And she was doing, uh, June, uh, before the Olympics, she was the omotenashi woman. That one is she one of those? No, she uh, recently got married, right? Like in the past few years or something. I know, I know who you're talking about because she's... I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't really stalk her on uh, Instagram. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> well, she's very famous. Uh, what I'll say is, uh, half girls usually, I just kind of feel like uh, a little bit of a connection to them uh, because you know I'm half too. Kind of feels. I mean, they don't remind me of my sisters, but they kind of have more of like a sisterly feeling. Uh, when I meet half girls, cause I'm kind of like, yeah, I know what you went through growing up and stuff, you know? So it's more of that type of thing. So I'm usually more attracted, uh, to pure, uh, Japanese. So <laughs> that French woman, even though she's considered, I mean, she married some famous politician or something. And it was big news because, uh, whether or not she was going to stop working as a famous anchor because she was getting married now in Japan. Um, but, uh, yeah, so she was not. Uh, one of these uh, announcers that I get excited about. They're actually uh, from, uh, I don't even know their names, but, uh, and you know, I talk about all this stuff that my wife knows how excited I am about Japanese women and stuff, but <laughs> it's because when we met, I don't know if she wants me talking about this, but I'll talk about it. But 
Uh, I mean, she was this huge fan of, do you know who Uchida is? Uh, the Japanese soccer player, Uchida. Uh, what, what team does he play for? Japan. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does he, does he play in Japan or is he like in, in abroad? Well, all right. So this is, I think he, like, is he good? Yeah, he's really good. Well, this okay. So this is the thing. Uh, he was one of the top stars on the Japan national team. Uh, for quite a while, I don't remember how many years, and he was obviously, and he was hugely popular, especially on among the female fan base because of his boyish good looks. And uh, when I first uh, was invited to my wife's uh, apartment for dinner, uh, I just kind of noticed like there's this, there was a section on her bookshelf kind of dedicated to whoever this guy was, <laughs> these uh, magazine covers and stuff with his face. But the ironic thing is, he like got injured right when we started dating. So even though uh, she was she's a huge soccer fan, so we go to the bar a lot to watch uh, soccer Japan national uh, team games. But he was never playing because he was like having injury problems for a long time. But he finally retired uh, just like this year, earlier this year, officially, and now he's like all over the place. So when I we first started dating, and she's like you know a huge fan of this guy, and I just kind of had to accept it as part of uh, you know. Our life together. Your life now. Yeah, like he was going <laughs> to always be a part of our life as well. and um, But fortunately, like he was never, you know, playing or anything, so I never had to deal with him. But now that he's retired, he's like, he, I think he's like the ambassador for Japanese soccer. Uh, he's got like all these huge sponsorships. Um, so he's like in on all these uh, variety shows now. He's popping up in commercials and everything. And he's basically come for vengeance, uh, you know, six years after I met my wife uh, <laughs> to basically, you know rub it in i don't know he's kind of like i don't know if we were ever so he's like he's like the the ichiro of uh football of japanese football well, except for ichiro is kind of like really stoic people kind of just view him as like this like sacred mm. figure kind of you know i don't really know how many women go crazy over him and and uchido's like what U- uchido's uh the opposite of that he's he basically he's a wanker well he got married he's married now thankfully uh because otherwise if we ever went to some event and he would i would never be in the event that he's at probably but we were ever there uh i don't know that might be the last time i see my wife um but he's married now so i don't have to worry about that um but no he's uh i mean he's a really soft-spoken like professional guy i think he's again like uh the top ambassador for japanese soccer now or something so mm. anyways yeah uchida i don't remember how we got talking about that but yeah i know yeah how do we get on to that <laughs> That, how was that related to uh, gender equality? Oh, I was just talking about, uh, yeah, the f- female Japanese news announcers that I'm a fan of. And uh, I just wanted everyone to know that my wife uh, is very much a fan of someone, too. And it's not like I'm the only one who has any, uh, you know, fans in the media or people that I'm fanning over in the media and stuff. But no, <laughs> anyways, uh, buzzwords, back to the buzzword. Well, buzzwords. Did, did, okay, now you go. Yeah, well, go. just because you had mentioned the gender biodo. Uh, just because another one of these kind of like social related issue, social issue related words that was on both in both of the articles. And I just can't like get away from this. Uh, not that I'm trying, but it just keeps coming up in my own life too. SDGs. Dude, that was exactly the one I was going to bring up as well. Yeah. Like, because I mean, for me, I came across this uh, buzzword about five years ago when I was working in high school. Because at that time, that's all the school was into. They were just talking about SDGs, and they were going to they were going to uh, the, the UN in New York, like doing study trips to study about 
sustainable development goals. Um, they did projects all the time. They were doing presentations for other schools. So one project that they were looking into was about recycling plastic bottles to make clothes. Um, and apparently the process consumes 30% less energy than uh, traditional uh, manufacturing, manufactured polyester. Uh, and yeah, it's pretty crazy how that works. So they were going around Sapporo uh, promoting this uh, technology and trying to collect like all these plastic bottles, like a Sapporo station or Dory station and stuff. And they would do that like every year. So for the whole time I was at the school, they would do some kind of SDG uh, project. And it seems like it's only just becoming popular like now, like SDGs. Like, I, I even heard like one of my university students mention it the other day. I just, saw, I just heard like SDGs. Um, but what's, what was really ironic was that at the school that I was teaching at, the, they would use so much paper. Like every meeting we would have, they would print out and make copies of all the notes for all the teachers that would come to the meeting. And it was like, what a waste of paper. It's like, why can't you just, I don't know, have or email it, email it to us, send it to us electronically or something, or have one person have the notes and then just tell tell all the teachers. Like, we didn't really need to have a copy of these notes because every time I got them, I just throw them in a bin anyway, or, well, I'd recycle it, throw it in a recycle bin. But uh, yeah, it was it was a complete waste of resources. And then also they would always, which this is one thing I, I don't really understand about Japan. Well, I, I kind of do. But they always make students buy new textbooks when they could easily just recycle those textbooks. Once the student's finished with it, give it back to the school, give it to the new students. They keep it for three years or whatever and just keep that going around because that's, that's how we did it in England. And I was so surprised when I came to Japan that every student would always buy a new textbook and then they would graduate and they would throw that textbook away. They would never use it again. So it's like, why don't you just like give it back to the school, give it to the new students? Um, but obviously, you know, business-wise, that textbook company is not going to make so much money. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess I can understand that way, but it's not very sustainable. Yeah, someone's got to get paid, apparently. I mean, I didn't really even know. I mean, it's kept coming up, SDG, SDG, and uh, I just didn't really know much about it, especially because I'm not working in education much anymore. But, yeah, as you were mentioning, it's the uh, 17 Sustainable Development Goals adopted by the uh, UN, United Nations General Assembly, in 2015, and they've called for a global partnership to reach the goals by the year 2030, including things like no poverty, zero, zero hunger, good health and well-being, quality education, yeah, uh, full that. 17. Yeah, uh, a lot, big, difficult challenge. But, uh, I mean, I was working on a, a TV program, and all of a sudden it was about SDGs, and then, like, uh, you know, some of my teacher friends uh, are incorpor incorporating quite a bit into their uh, teaching curriculum and stuff. So I was kind of, I was – uh, curious to hear if you, uh, you know, you were encountering it in school as well. And it sounds like some of your school uh, students are bringing it up and stuff, but I don't know much about it, but I kind of felt like I finally had to learn more about it just because it, I mean, I don't know if it's like more popular in Japan and overseas. I don't really hear people from the U S talking about, it, but I'm sure maybe it is, but uh, I mean, it just seems like it's really working itself into the conversation in a little different, many different parts in Japan. So 
Most but isn't it, isn't it kind of it's kind of all related to the COP twenty one as well? I guess the climate change conference. Well, certainly, which, um, yeah. Some of the goals which Japan really... actually was not a part of, right? They refused to uh, to join. And like just before I, just before we started recording today, I was watching the news and they were commenting on the the COP twenty one and one of the Japanese uh, political environmental commentators was like, "Yeah, it's uh, it's too late." It's basically too late. Like what they're trying to do is not enough, which is why they said Japan kind of don't think it's worth uh, joining in, in COP21. Um, it's too late. Know, who knows? Everybody, yeah. everybody should just go to, the, give up. go to the beach. <laughs> go to the beach. <laughs> Fly there. Fly to the beach. In, First class. Enjoy your last days. Enjoy <laughs> your last days, people. That's the message mm. of Japan. <laughs> it's either SDGs or it's too late. Pick your pick your side, <laughs> one or the other. But also, America's not in in there either, right? Like they're not in COP twenty one. Apparently, well, I think they were there. I didn't. Uh, wasn't it something about Biden falling asleep or something during one of the meetings <laughs> or something? Uh, I think. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't been paying attention to it too much, except for just oh, what comes up. In the... Actually, yeah, I've, I've just kind of pulled it. Out. I know, like. I think China are not involved. Yes, China and Russia, um, right? Russia <laughs> yeah. and Japan. Um, well, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm not sure if America are in it, but I guess you said Biden fell asleep, so he probably was. Yeah, well, yeah. My my wife mentioned that they weren't in it. I don't know why she said that. Oh, really? No, I think they're in there. I mean, because yeah, some people were saying that. I mean, uh, certain people on the left, especially, are at least saying like Japan's in a better position. Uh, than it's ever been in terms of trying to reach some of its goals. I don't know. Um, I've been so busy. It's not one of the things I've been paying too much attention to. But I will say this, man. We were shopping at a Hyakin 100, 100 yen store over the weekend, and I was just like kind of looking around. I was like, man, everything in around me in this place is like straight up plastic. Like I'm just walking amongst oil wherever I go, you know, if there was no oil producing all this plastic, like there'd be no hundred yen store. There'd be nobody in here shopping and stuff. I mean, it's just that's probably why they refuse to join COP 21 because that means, yeah, no more hundred yen, yen stores. stores will be gone. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're awesome. right? <laughs> they got everything you need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh man, it's a, it's a difficult thing. I mean, I'm, we try. And... What about all those plastic bags? There'll be no more plastic bags. You know, they can't double wrap at the convenience anymore. <laughs> you know, they won't have they won't have a job to do. There'll be no more clothes. There'll be nothing. You know, I mean, there's just there'll be a lot of there'll be no more uh, no more plastic food. Uh, yeah, you know? right. Matt, like, yeah, I went to a restaurant today, uh, and it was like a Korean Korean style one, and they had all those. Uh, what is it? Those plastic-made food samples at the front, and I remember. Yeah, I remember we we talked about that in one episode. How much was one of those? That one one kind of model would cost. That article, like if I remember buy? correct, said that it's usually uh, the plastic piece to produce uh, costs seven times as much as the actual thing that it's uh, a display of. So like a plastic beer thing would be like what thirty five, forty dollars or something. Wow, and and they were so good, man. Like I was just even just looking at this Korean fake plastic food thing, it almost made me go into the restaurant and eat there. And and then I realized I actually don't really like Korean food. So yeah, I didn't go. <laughs> but, uh, but it was close. <laughs> it was just like 
broke the glass and started eating the plastic display thing yeah. outside. It was so yeah. good. I, was, I was actually more attracted to the plastic uh, plastic model than the actual food. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, those things are made quite well, and then the actual food comes out, and you might be a little bit disappointed. But, um, I mean, you know, I'm on the side of sustainability. I hope we can uh, get things together. I can uh, put off my time to go to the beach. I think we still got some time left. But, uh, yeah, got to do what we got to do, I guess. I uh, just was looking at some of the other words that I had on my list, and uh, we were just talking about, you know, being a fan of the newscasters or soccer football stars. And one of the words on that list actually um, was about that. It's called oshikatsu. Oshi means to be a fan of, oshi. And uh, katsu, you know, means like lifestyle. So the oshikatsu lifestyle uh, is talking about these people that kind of, um, you know, uh, plan their daily life around being able to, you know, be a fan of somebody going to events where the person is appearing, um, you know, coordinating all the things that they buy, uh, you know, as pieces of, uh, you know, to reflect their dedication to whoever they're a fan of and stuff. So that was a little bit related to what we were talking about with the, uh, Uchido san and, uh, mm. and the famous news announcers. Some other honorable mentions. There were some. Okay, what what was uh, what was number one on that list? Number one on the list. Well, I'll let you guess. Oh God, <laughs> I, I think of this. You know, the the timeout ones. The only one I actually knew was uh, SDGs. So I don't think I have a very good chance of guessing number one. Wasn't uh, uh... okay. Okay, let me guess. Uh, if if it is on this um, the timeout one, it is. Then it must be. Ikagemu. That's right. Just That's, because it's the biggest have you, show uh, this whole year. Yeah. Have you finished, and they're coming out with season two apparently, right? Have you watched all of it yet? Yeah. Have you watched any of it yet? I've watched the first uh, 30 minutes of episode one. Again, I've just been so busy trying to get stuff done before the end yeah, of the year. I may be, I may yeah, I maybe saying you couldn't really get into it. Like, it definitely gets better after episode one. One is not that great. It's a bit slow. But uh, two is when it starts to get really interesting. Yeah, that's what I've heard. The thing, the problem is, is like the, you know how Netflix kind of starts just like showing something automatically, um, you know, when the cursor gets on top of that program. The thing that they, the thing that they were showing for Squid Game was definitely like not that interesting. And then just like you said, like the first episode is kind of slow. Uh, so, yeah, I haven't had a chance to get hooked yet. But, I mean, with how much it's like taking over society, if I don't see it, yeah. I mean, it's number we could, potential number one buzzword in japan this year ika game Ika man even uh I'm, i've been hearing like even little kids like talking about it like elementary school kids younger than that so they've all been watching it as well and it's it's uh it's a bit dark and gory for uh for young children i think but even yeah they're all into it because you know it's on netflix uh, but i hear that word ika game all the time ika game yeah yeah lots of uh halloween costumes too based on Ika or Squid Game, <clears throat> Ika being squid in Japanese, uh, probably a lot of people know that. But yeah, so that was number one, uh, at least according to this uh, article here, which we will include the link for. Uh, honorable mentions, there were some coronavirus-related things. Um, Rojo Nomi, that was a nice fun one. Did you notice that? Yeah, drinking on the streets. Yeah, because yeah. I can't. Or get, getting shit faced on the streets. Yeah, because you can't get into your favorite bars anymore because of. Yeah, there was always news of, uh, you know, like kind of university kids in Tokyo 
getting like really hammered and and just like passing out in front of convenies and stuff didn't see it so much in Sapporo to be honest uh people drinking on the streets or in parks but uh yeah I definitely saw it around like the Kansai area and, and down south part of it must have been because you know when everyone was going through beer garden withdrawal in the middle of July and beginning of August and stuff it was like Olympic uh setup downtown Sapporo mm. so you know everybody couldn't go and commiserate together uh, drinking in, in Odori Park and stuff because the whole area was shut down. So right. maybe that had something to do with it. Um, mm. what else was Corona related here? Mokushoku. Mokushoku. Yeah. Mokushoku or masku kaishoku. So yeah, keep your mask on unless you're eating when you're eating out. So yeah, you're supposed to, uh, pull your mask down, eat, put it back up. And if you take a drink, pull your mask down, take a sip and put it back up. I never did that. As soon as I went to a restaurant, it was like mask off. That's it. Um, but yeah, I, I saw quite a few people actually sticking to the mokushoku. My my wife kind of did for, for quite a while before I, you know, I think she kind of got used to me doing it and then, uh, and then just started kind of following my example. But at first she was like trying to make me do it all the time. I was like, I'm not doing that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we uh, went out to lunch as a family over the weekend, and uh, I think I just kept it on until the food came, and then after that, it was off, basically. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't mind doing that, but yeah, I, I don't want to, you know, put it on, take it off, put it on, take it off, and basically, is saying that you can't talk as well. You're not supposed to talk to each other when uh, when you're in a restaurant, and you can only talk when you're eating, which is a bit rude. Eat, you know, talking to your mouth full. Shouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, Japan's still doing quite well with the numbers here. Hopefully that uh, keeps up and continues, uh, you know, a lot of different uh, options coming out as well for treatments and yeah. stuff. So. And, uh, yeah, next, I think uh, in the next month or so, uh, there's the option of uh, getting your third jab or the booster shot is becoming available in Japan now. Once uh, after you've had your, after it's been eight months between your second shot and uh, and now, uh, yeah, that's becoming available soon. Not sure if I'm going to take it. I don't know. I'll see how things go because, you know, numbers are very low now. Um, most, was it 80% at least, I think, uh, of the adult population are double vaxxed. So I'm not sure if I'm going to take a booster shot. I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that'll be in March when uh, when I can take mine again or take my, my third one. Yeah, it's hard to say because everything's still, I mean, it's a, uh, ongoing, the developments are ongoing and who knows where it's going to be, especially by that point. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it might be like say. an annual shot. It might, you know, become like the, the flu jab, right? Where you take that once a year or some people take it once a year. Maybe it'd be, it'd turn up to something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, and there's other options coming out as well. Uh, it just kind of depends. I mean, I'm, I'm happy at least that, uh, it feels a little bit less of the stress in terms of uh infection and stuff but um and uh but yeah there's still all the other uh conflicting uh conversations going on and stuff but anything else we had on here that I wanted to mention I don't think so uh, anything else yeah, I th no I think uh, I think we covered all the ones I wanted to talk about definitely um but yeah quite quite an interesting topic back uh good good find on the article new buzzwords yeah and I, and I actually didn't realize this was an an annual thing that they kind of did in Japan. They they composed this list of new words, and there was an award 
usually what compiled by a company you can an education company so uh, so that's quite quite good to know yeah but uh, educational as well for for the listeners and myself yeah me too it's kind of interesting to see what new words might be or, or a lot of these apparently are pretty popular because of their uh wide exposure on the internet to people and stuff so uh, but again, I hadn't heard of a, a lot of these. Um, yeah, actually makes me feel a bit older reading this. <laughs> yeah, and I'm probably one of those people uh, out of the 10 left on planet Earth who hasn't seen Squid Game yet. So have to <laughs> get yeah. on that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, really appreciate uh, everybody always tuning in and uh, having a good time with the show. We continue to grow, so we appreciate the support. Yep. Thanks for uh, thanks for your emails as well. I've been getting some emails from people and a couple more donations. So that's uh, that's been really helpful for us to uh, us to grow, um, and it definitely uh, supports us. So yeah, and if, and if you want to support us in other ways, uh, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. So that would help us get get the word out uh, about what we do. And uh, yeah. Please, uh, please keep following us and, and catch us next week. Yeah, and we're getting some uh, good uh, topic uh, recommend or suggestions and stuff, and we're trying to get around to those as well. So, uh, yeah, we definitely appreciate all the interaction and the support for sure. All right, everyone, uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Let's go some of this. Let's go some of this. This episode of the podcast is being sponsored by Hokkaido Guide. Hokkaido Guide was established over 10 years ago and is written by locals, for locals, and international tourists. The guide contains information on all types of businesses and locations around Hokkaido. There's information regarding all things Hokkaido, such as sightseeing, nightlife, events, services, food and restaurants, entertainment, outdoor activities, and much, much more. Currently offered in English and Thai, advertising space is available, so check out Hokkaido Guide for everything you need to know about this beautiful prefecture.